fourth division of the psalm and reading verse number 19. Psalm 34 and 19. The psalmist says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I'm using for my subject today, I'm doing everything right, so why is everything going wrong? Father, I thank you today for the word of the Lord. God, it is a lamp unto our feet, it is a light unto our path. Father, I just pray that you will help us today to deliver the word of God that you would have delivered today. Father, let your glory fill this room this morning. Give us ears to hear the word of the Lord this morning. We ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, perhaps you may be here today and and you have been thinking to yourself, I've been faithful to church. I've been tithing. I've even been giving to missions. I no longer have any bad habits. I don't yell at my spouse. I no longer kick the dog. I'm doing everything right, so why is everything going wrong? Well, let me try and tackle this question today. I certainly do not claim to offer you a complete or perfect answer to this question And yet hopefully I can shed some light on this and at least give us something to think about today. So let me suggest three possibilities, three possible things that that might be going on when, when although you're doing everything right, yet everything is going wrong. If this is happening to you, it might be, first of all, let me suggest, it might be to prove you. It might be to prove you. Such was the case with, with Job. Look in the book of Job, chapter number 1 this morning. The book of, the book of Job, chapter number 1. And, and let's read verses 8 through 12. It says that the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Well, there is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man. One who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord, and and he said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. And Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. How many would agree with me this morning that if anyone had a right to to ask this question, surely Job did. You see, not only was Job doing everything right, he was doing everything so well that, that God made him his poster boy. God placed him on the very top of the list of who's who in godly people. 
Job was God's golden boy at the time. God bragged about how good Job was. Let me remind you, this is not a spectator sport here this morning. I need a little feedback from you this morning. How many will help me out a little bit this morning? God was bragging about how good Job was. Oh, there's none like him, God said. Oh, his faith, his conduct, his integrity is unmatched by anybody else on the planet. Let me understand, that's quite a commendation coming from somebody like God. And yet although God was totally impressed with Job, although Job was doing everything right, oh, not just in the eyes of man, but also in the eyes of Almighty God, and yet although Job was doing everything right, all of a sudden from seemingly out of nowhere, everything started to go very, very wrong. Job lost all of his possessions, he lost his family, he lost his, his health. Oh, he, he lost everything that he had except the very breath that was in his body. Even though Job was doing everything right, yet everything was going wrong. Why? Why? Well, let me suggest that for Job it was to prove him. To prove him. You say, Pastor, what did Job have to prove? Well, let me suggest, first of all, he needed to prove his sincerity. He needed to prove his sincerity. When God bragged to the devil about Job, the devil replied to God, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. The devil said to the Lord, said, said, who wouldn't serve you? Who wouldn't act right if you gave them anything and everything they needed or wanted like you have done with Job? The devil continued to talk to the, to, the devil continued to talk to God and, and the devil said to God, Job's motive for serving you is selfish. It's selfish. He only serves you for what he can get from you. The devil said to God, if you'll take down your hedge of protection, from Job, if you will let me take away all of the stuff that you have given to him, he'll turn on you in a moment. Oh, the devil said, let me test his sincerity. Oh, let's test his motives. Let's see what you think of him then. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor, I'm doing everything right and yet everything seems to be going wrong for me. Why is it? Well, let me suggest perhaps it's to prove you. We got twice the people and half the help. We can't always count on Ricky. Pastor, I'm doing everything right and everything seems to be going wrong. Why? Why? Well, just perhaps, I don't know, but perhaps it's to prove you. Perhaps you are going through a testing time. Perhaps God wants to see not only what you are doing for Him, but He wants to see and find out why you are doing for Him what you are doing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 6, turn with me there. Matthew chapter number 6. And verse number 1. Jesus said, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men in order to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
Jesus said, so when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in secret, so that your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Notice two little phrases here in verse number 6. To be seen by men. Notice this phrase in verse 2. That they may have glory from men. You see, not only will we, will we be proven in, in the area of our sincerity, but also in the area of our significance. Or what we are capable of. The devil said to God about Job, he's not so tough. I'm not all that impressed with him. God, how do you even know how strong his faith is? His faith has never been tested. You have built this hedge. You have built this wall of protection around him so that I cannot get to him. I cannot tempt him. I cannot test him. I cannot try him. Oh, he's doing so good because he's living in a bubble. He's living in a bubble. Oh, he is totally protected by you. You've built a wall around him. You've built a hedge of protection around him. You protect him. I can't get to him. Oh, it's no big deal to serve you, God, when he has anything and everything and he has you at his disposal and he has your protection and your hand of a blessing upon him. It's no big deal. Who wouldn't be like Job if they had the advantages that Job had? The devil said, take down the hedge of protection from around him. Give me permission to to tempt him and test him and try him. And then let's see what he's made out of. And the devil said about Job, said his faith will melt like a popsicle on a hundred degree day. Oh, you might be thinking, Pastor, I'm doing everything right, yet everything is going wrong. Why? Why? Maybe you're being proven right now. Maybe God has been bragging to the devil about how strong your faith is. Maybe God is saying about you uh, to the devil, have you considered my servant John? Have you considered my servant uh, Susie? Have you considered my servant Anne? Have you considered my servant Joe? Maybe everything is going wrong in your life. Maybe it is to prove you right now because God may be bragging to Satan about how strong your faith is. And the devil is saying their faith isn't strong at all. They're only following you for the loaves and the fish. God, if you would pull down your wall of protection from them, if you would remove your hand of blessing from them, oh, the devil might be saying about us to God, well, well, who wouldn't serve you when you are blessing them and protecting them? It takes no strength. It takes no stamina to walk with God when his blessings are flowing. So let me ask you this question this morning. Is your faith of any significance? Is your faith of any significance or does it melt like a popsicle on a hot day when the heat is on in your life? Listen, friend, if you're doing everything right and yet everything seems to be going wrong in your life, it could be, it just might be in order to prove you. It just could be, it just might be that your sincerity and your significance are being tested. Let's look at another possibility this morning. If you're doing everything right and yet everything seems to be going wrong for you, it, it might be, it might be to prepare you. 
Genesis 37 and 5 says that Joseph dreamed a dream. Perhaps there is no other man in Scripture, maybe besides Daniel, that had as clean a record as this man named Joseph. By all appearances, it seems that Joseph was a very, very uh, fine man, an incredible, incredible man, a man of integrity, a man of impeccable character. Absolutely no doubt in our mind that the hand and blessing of God was upon Joseph. One night, Joseph has a dream. He dreams that he's going to one day be a ruler. Oh, he dreams that one day he's going to be king of the hill. Oh, he's going to be big man on campus, front and center. The man with the plan. Joseph makes a mistake. He tells his dream to his brothers. Little brother should never tell big brother his dream. Believe me, I know that very well. And all of a sudden, how seemingly from out of nowhere, when Joseph seems to be doing everything right, Joseph looks around and discovers that everything is going wrong. How could this be? Joseph has a dream. (laughs) Things can't go wrong for you when you have a dream, can they? What could the purpose be for Joseph when he is doing everything right and yet everything is going wrong? Let me say this morning that God was going to use all of Joseph's problems. God was going to use all of Joseph's pain. He was going to use all of his persecutions in order to prepare him. God had a a job for Joseph. Oh, there was something of incredible importance waiting on Joseph in his future. The problem was Joseph wasn't prepared for his assignment. Joseph was daddy's favorite. Perhaps he was a little soft and spoiled. Joseph wasn't ready for the task in his present condition. Joseph needed to be toughened up a bit. You see, as a spoiled child, he, he, he couldn't relate to the needs. He couldn't relate to the feelings. He, he could not relate to the thinking of the people that he was going to be called upon to lead and he was going to be called upon to govern. Joseph needed an education. He needed an education in, in the school of hard knocks. He needed a degree from, from the university of adversity. He needed that before he would be prepared to take on his God-given assignment. And so it is with you and so it is with me this morning when we, are, when we are doing everything right and yet everything seems to be going wrong for us. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes this is God taking us through school. Sometimes this is God preparing us for his assignment for us in our future. Fill in this blank on your notes this morning. Today's trouble will help you pass tomorrow's test. Today's trouble will help you pass tomorrow's test. And the harder today is, the easier tomorrow will be. 
it's like a coach preparing his team for, for the season. Oh, oh, he takes them through drill after drill after drill after drill. It's like he, th- he sets up the midnight every night thinking up another drill, another hardship for his team to go through. And he takes them through drill after drill after drill. Oh, it's conditioning, 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 conditioning. The players are crying. The players are whining. The players are complaining. Why do we have to do all of these drills? Why do we have to go through all this conditioning? Why do we have to do all these exercises? Why do we have to do all this running? We're sick and we are tired of all of this. When do we get to play? Let's play, they cry out. Let's scrimmage somebody. Find another team and let's have a scrimmage. They beg their coach. Oh, at least can we practice our plays? But no, the coach continues drill after drill after drill after drill. Running, 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 running. Conditioning, 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 conditioning. Why? Because a good coach understands that it's not always the best team. It's not always the best teams with the best players. It's not always the best teams with the best players and the most superstars that win championships. Oftentimes the best teams with the best players and the most superstars lose. They lose to the team that was best prepared. By their coach. They lose to the teams with the most stamina. They lose to the teams that don't quit in the fourth quarter of the game. Oh, this morning if you're doing everything right and yet everything seems to be going wrong for you, perhaps, perhaps this is God preparing you for the fourth quarter in your life. Perhaps this is God preparing you for what is about to happen. Perhaps God has this incredible, unbelievable assignment for you in your future, but God sees that you are not prepared for it. Oh, He sees that you're not up for the task in your present condition. And so God is putting you through drills and through exercise. Oh, He's some of the things that in your life He has sent, other things that He has allowed to come your way, all of this in order that through these experiences you will become prepared for what He wants to do in, with, and through you. Genesis 50 and 20 says, Joseph said to his brothers, who by the way are the source of all of his trouble, Joseph said to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended all of this for my good. The pit, the false accusation, the disappointment, the mistreatment, The difficulty, the hardship. God intended it for my good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. My subject today is, I'm doing everything right, so why is everything going wrong? I'm giving you three possible answers this morning. It could be to prove you. It could be to prepare you. And let me suggest number three, it could be to preserve you. 
to preserve you. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was perhaps the most influential man in all of the New Testament. Outside of Jesus, of course. Most of the New Testament doctrine comes from the writing of the Apostle Paul. Perhaps no one has had the direct line to God like Paul did. Surely no other man has ever had the relationship with God like Paul did. And yet, on the other hand, it would be hard-pressed to find anybody else who had more trouble and trial than Paul did. If anybody had the right to ask the question that we are asking in this lesson today, surely it would have been the Apostle Paul. Hey God, Paul could have very well said, I'm doing everything right, so why is everything going wrong? Paul writes in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 through 10. Paul writes, he says, I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and I heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about. But I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I, I don't want any, anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in my insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What was Paul, or what was God's purpose in sending a thorn in the flesh to the apostle Paul to keep him from becoming proud? Verse 7, Paul says, so to keep me from becoming proud. So Paul's trouble, his persecution, his difficulty, his, his problems in his life, they were given to him, this thorn in the flesh was given to him to keep him from becoming proud, to preserve him. You see, God knows the tendency of man. And the tendency of man is to become proud of himself when things go well for him. The tendency of man is to become arrogant and puffed up. Oh, to begin to believe his own press relief. Oh, uh, release. Oh, to take credit instead of giving the glory to God. And God knew that the Apostle Paul was no different. Oh, let me tell you this morning, Paul put his shoes on one at a time just like all of us do. And God did not want Paul to preach and to teach and win others to Christ and yet to lose out with God Himself through pride. 
And so God sent some and he allowed others of Paul's many persecutions in order that Paul might be preserved for Christ. Fill in these blanks on your notes this morning. People can handle problems. And they can. Oh, I'm so overloaded, Pastor. I, oh, I have such so many problems. I don't know if I can bear. Let me tell you something. We can bear a lot. People can, can handle problems. Let me tell you something, though. They cannot handle prosperity and power. You'd think it'd be the other way, but it's not. People can handle adversity. They can handle problems. They can handle difficulty. They cannot handle an exorbitant amount of prosperity and power. You see, problems turn people to God. Prosperity turns people to themselves. Study history. Oh, just study the children of Israel. Oh, man, man. Oh, people turned to God in bad times. Oh, when things got bad for the children of Israel, oh, they all cried out to God. They all turned to God. People cry out to God in difficult times, but people tend to forget God in the good times. In times of prosperity, man separate. Uh, he, in times of prosperity, man squares his shoulders. Oh, he lifts his head high and says, "Look what I have done." Such was the case with the rich man in Luke twelve. Let's look there. Luke chapter twelve, verse sixteen through nineteen. Luke chapter twelve, verse sixteen through nineteen. It says that Jesus told a story. I mean, no, Jesus used illustrations in his sermons. He was the master at telling stories. He spoke a parable or he told them a story. And the story went like this. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and I will build greater and there I will store all of my crop and all of my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. I want you to notice these words, plentiful. Oh, it was a time of plenty. It was a time of prosperity. And notice it says that in this time of prosperity that the Bible says that he thought within himself. He turned inward in the time of prosperity. He turned inward, he thought within himself. And notice it says, I, I, I. It says, my, my, my. Can you see the arrogance? Oh, look at me, he said. Look at all that I've accomplished. Look at all that I have done. You're doing everything right and yet everything is going wrong for you. The third possible answer for the purpose of this is to preserve you. Maybe your head is getting too big for your shoulders. Oh, maybe you're beginning to think more highly of yourself than you ought. Oh, perhaps you're stealing the glory and the honor and the credit that rightly belongs to the awesome God. 
Friend, God loves you so much that He doesn't want you to lose out because of pride. Oh, He lost His worship leader, Lucifer, over this very sin. Oh, He wants to make sure that it doesn't happen to you and it doesn't happen to me. Jesus said in Luke 18 and 14, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Hear me, friends. God will share His glory with no one. As we conclude this morning, if you're doing everything right and yet everything is going wrong, it just might be to prove you. It just might be, oh, that God wants to see what you are made of. It might be that God is testing your motives. He sees what you are doing, but He wants to know why you are doing it. Are you doing it all just to be seen of men? Are you doing it for the plaque? Are you doing it for the pat on the back? Are you doing it for the accolades that you receive? God is not just interested in what you're doing, but why you are doing what you are doing. You're doing everything right and everything's going wrong. It just might be to prove you, to show you what you are capable of. And then again, it might be to prepare you. Perhaps God has this incredible and unbelievable assignment waiting on you in your future. Oh, but the problem is you're not up for the challenge in your present condition. Oh, the way you are now. This assignment would literally eat your lunch. It's funny, sometimes we look at somebody and we have, we're jealous of them. We say, I wish I had that position. And I wish I had that church. You know what? Maybe if you had that church, it would eat your lunch. God gives you 30 people because he knows 50 people will eat your lunch. You're not ready. You're not prepared. Amen? Maybe God needs to toughen you up a little bit. Maybe you're a little bit too soft. You're a little bit too spoiled. And God knows that a trip through the wilderness will make you ready. God, see, God loves you too much to send you on this assignment prematurely. Oh, only when you are ready. Only when He has conditioned you. Only when He's got you ready for the fourth quarter. Only then will He release you and send you on to that assignment. If you're doing everything right and yet everything is going wrong, it might be to preserve you. To preserve you. God, God doesn't want you to just shine in the first three quarters, but He wants you to finish strong. Oh, He doesn't just want you to show others the way. Oh, He doesn't want you just to teach others and minister to others and influence others. Oh, He doesn't want you just to be in the race, but oh, friend, He wants you to be out front leading the pack across the finish line. Paul said how horrible it would be for me that after I preach to others, I myself had become a castaway. One of my greatest desires 
is to finish strong. I don't want to just start out. And I just want to do really good in the middle. And I just don't want to have three really good quarters in my life. But I want that fourth quarter of my life to be the greatest of all. I want to be stronger in the fourth quarter than I was in the first quarter. I want to do more in the fourth quarter than I did in the whole first three quarters combined. And I challenge you to adopt that today as your desire. As your desire. If everything is, you're doing everything right and yet everything is going wrong, it might be that God is just trying to toughen you up a little bit. He's just trying to, trying to toughen you up, get you ready for that fourth quarter, get you ready, amen, for the finest hour of your life. But it will not be the finest hour of your life unless you're prepared for it. Worship team, if you get back in place this morning. Father, I just pray today. Father, that you'll take this word.